if you're still in first place in the brackets on Monday morning, what are you going to do? Because we'll be down to the final four. The odds of you winning at that point are pretty good. Are you going to right, let me celebrate or what? Oh, it's just getting hammered on Monday, if that's the case. It's no, huge. I mean, it's, it's big. Jayhawk T-shirt. I'm not saying hammered on a Monday morning. I'm saying kind of, kind of peacocking your your potential win a little bit. And plastered. <laughs> um, all right, real quick. Let me see one thing here. <clears throat> I'm kind of forgetting who's in my final four. <laughs> Gonzaga. Well, I had Gonzaga in the championship against oh, Kansas. Well, then you... You're you're probably depends on what everybody else has. No, but I, I think it benefits me that Gonzaga's out only because I didn't pick Gonzaga to win at all. Perhaps, but if somebody because I think it eliminate a lot of other people. Yeah, but to win those things, you usually have to hit like three Final Four teams. In, okay, and Villanova. Okay, so you're still alive with Nova. Um, K- KU, Kansas. Gonzaga's out. St. Peter's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, He's coming in Monday morning with feathers. He's got. He's going to look like a Vegas showgirl. He's going to have peacocks in his hair. He's going to come in there going, anyone ever said I was going to look like a Vegas showgirl. (laughs) Did I ever tell you the story about when I took my youngest to Vegas for the first time? He had a baseball tournament. How actually wasn't for he was he was his it was his 13th birthday. Okay, it wasn't a baseball tournament. Now that I think about it, he my my youngest is a huge Anaheim Ducks fan. Go Ducks! Um, and so for his thirteenth birthday, the Golden Knights were a brand new team, and so I thought it would be a really fun thing to do. Why don't he and I skip a Friday from school? Let's fly to Vegas, fly to Vegas, yep. and I'm going to take him to see the Ducks and the Knights in Las Vegas. Okay, it was awesome. We had it was so much fun. Really, really cool. Um, we, something we still talk about. So anyway, we land early in the morning, mid afternoon. It's like, you know, one o'clock and the game's not until seven. So we have a few hours. He's never been to Vegas. I'm like, well, let's walk around and see, see some of the sites. Sure. No, so. I mean, if there's a place at age 13, you want to walk around at, of well, course it's Vegas. Okay. I'm not saying we take them to showgirls or the, the cheetah or whatever these places are called. You don't have to. You just walk down the strip well, and it is showgirls and cheetah. Turns out you're right. So we're walking down Las Vegas Boulevard. We're walking down the strip. We're about halfway down, and there are two showgirls standing in front of what one a of the shocker! And they are wearing what showgirls wear, right? Ooh. They got the headdress. They've got the the dress, but you know, like showgirls, the the top half of the dress doesn't exist. So they've got the pasties on, right? And my, he's he's keep in mind he's thirteen. Okay, he's with his dad, and he's thirteen. And there are these two what are essentially topless people standing on the side of the street. And we're walking by, and he, he does that thing where he's Son, looking. do you smell the fresh air? It's nice out here, huh? <laughs> he's looking but trying not to see that I see that he's looking, and he's trying to see if I see that he's looking. So he's doing that thing where his eyes are darting back and forth. Like, You're probably right, doing left, the right, same left, thing. Right, You're probably of course trying to I am. make but, him look somewhere else. Hey, look up here. Look at the clouds. You see how cloudy it is? This is probably bad dadding. But I wasn't trying to distract him. I was kind of more interested. In, I'm kind of interested in how this is going to go. Kind of interested to see how he's going to play this. So we walk by them. We get it, I don't know, 10, 15 yards down the, the, the strip. And he, he kind of, yeah. is that okay? <laughs> like, well, what do you mean is it okay? He goes, those two women, like, were naked on the street. 
And I said, well, it's Vegas. He goes, yeah, but is that okay? I'm like, oh, right, he's 13. I said, Michael, there, there are no rules in Las Vegas. You can do whatever you want. Look around. Do you see anything that looks like home from here? So that was uh, when you started talking about showgirls. That uh, That's my showgirl story. Yeah, yeah I, right I went there. from being a really good dad, doing a cool thing, where I'd go do a little quick little road trip for a day and a half to I may have scarred him for life. But it was, uh, it was a good day. UCLA, that's my other team. So I got three of the four left. In You're this, in good shape uh, in this tournament here. You're in good shape. ESPN <laughs> Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Um, the Lakers are going to be in the plan. The Clippers are going to be in the plan. And as we sit right now, Al, I think the odds are the Clippers m- could lose their game and the Lakers could win theirs, which means that they would play each other at Crypto.com Arena in a winner gets into the playoffs and the loser goes home with the teams like Sacramento and Orlando and the rest of the teams that didn't qualify along the way. Is that something you're excited for? Do you, do you want to see that? It's not a playoff series, but it is a winner keeps going, loser goes home. All right, so we were just talking about Doc Rivers a little bit ago. And I think, do I have a stigma of this? And you tell me if I do. I think I'm a... Do I want to see the Clippers lose? I think most times I do. I think that's fair to say. There's nothing uh, – I think that's just me being a Laker fan. But I don't think I, – I, th- I feel like I give the Clippers credit where credit is due, okay? Clippers have had a good season. Clippers without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, uh, without Norman Powell, they've had a really – the fact that they have a better record than the Lakers – of what the Laker, the hype was around the Lakers and how well LeBron's been playing and Russell Westbrook comes to the team. It's impressive what they've done. Now, the Lakers are 0-4 against the Clippers this season. We were reading an article, I think yesterday night you and I were talking about it. Om Youngmasuk put out something that Paul George is practicing with the team again. Norman yep. Powell has his boot off, and Kawhi Leonard has not been rolled out yet. So we'll see if, you know, potentially who ends up playing in this, in this uh, scenario. As a Laker fan, if you tell me that the Lakers are going to beat the Pelicans in round one of the playing tournament, Clippers are going to lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it's a Lakers-Clippers game at Crypto.com Arena for the chance to go to the actual playoffs. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but I think it would be incredibly entertaining. I think it would be fun. I I would be all for that. By the way, one of two things are going to happen. You're either going to shut the Clippers up that beat you four times in the regular season and say, hey, just do it when it matters. It or you're going to lose for the fifth time, right. and the Clippers are going to walk into the playoffs, and the Lakers will have one of the worst seasons in franchise history based off of what your expectations were coming into the season. Okay, One of those so, two would happen. I think there are some other options as well. Because, look, if the Clippers win, they're going to feel a certain way about it. If the Lakers win, it's just like, yeah, all right, well, I guess we got to go play the Suns at that point. <laughs> they got to go do it. The Clippers may take some ownership in it. But Laker fans will very quickly go, dude, if you don't actually go turn this into something, what difference does it make? We're both bad. We're both under 500. We're, both, we're battling for the eighth spot. This is not a thing. I think that would be the path that Laker fans choose. But if the Clippers but if you win. Lost, but, it, but, but if you lost that game, Trav, yeah. it, is, it is basically like, okay, so not only did you have one of the most disappointing seasons, it's also the Clippers that are the yeah. team that's going to beat you and got in. It just kind of adds a little extra. It's, hey, it, how for, awful for me, has this season been? Let's yeah. add a little bit more to <laughs> no, it. I get what you're saying, but I for, for me, this is an awful season, period. 
There is no, it's not a comma, and this happened along the way. It's a bad season for the Lakers, and unless they shock the world and somehow beat the Suns. But I want to play the Clippers. I think that'd be a fun game. I think it would be incredibly entertaining, but I think the second it's over, its impact on this rivalry, if if that's what we're calling it, or competition is probably. No, they they just haven't played each other in the playoffs. Competition is what I'll say. The competition between the two. It is, it's a footnote to this because it's not a playoff series because they're battling. Put it to you this way. If this were the last game of the regular season and they were battling to become the number one seed and the team that won it got to go in, the team that did all of a sudden. Th- th- give me one. The better example is two years ago, right, where the Lakers were waiting for the winner of the Nuggets and the Clippers. Yeah. And that you're up three games to one and you're thinking, finally, it's Lakers and Clippers in the Western Conference Finals with a chance to get to the NBA Finals. That, those are the stakes that you're talking about. These stakes are obviously much different. These are, you're They're, on the outside, you're not even in the playoffs right. yet, and you're playing a, two teams will be below 500, playing to see who can face the Phoenix Suns. The, the stakes aren't different. There are no stakes in the second one. Yes. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, that, that's the problem. That's why, well, I agree with you, it would be a fun night to watch. But the the res, the the winner is like, yeah. What did you get exactly? You got the eighth seed in the Western Conference. You're not as good as the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know exactly what that uh, means along the way. All right, Dodgers getting closer. We mentioned it yesterday. Walker Bueller is um, going to get the opening day start, which means kind of quasi unofficial, a little bit official. The Walker Bueller era of Dodger baseball is here. What's a win for him? What's a successful career for Walker Bueller in Dodger Blue? That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So yesterday I mentioned to you, Slee, that I had to drive down to uh, San Diego to pick up my daughter. Her, her school uh, is, is finished for a while. They're going on spring break next week. So I, I made the trip down there, and I took, you know, as a San Diego State alum that you are, I took a little picture of the, the bridge that said San Diego State University and just fired it off to you like, hey, I'm in, I'm in your old stomping grounds. You immediately, like within two minutes, hit me back with a picture of a bar at, <laughs> for the, the Buccaneer and Sierra Bob. I'm like, Damn, Al, Al's getting after it. For, he's really taking advantage of these days off. I had kind of forgotten that you're on the uh, no booze plan for Lent, but uh, I was I, at least temporarily. I was impressed that you were hitting it as hard as you were in the middle of the day. You just wait till after Easter. You just wait. <laughs> Let Easter pass by. Uh, did you do? Get some Mexican food down there. What'd you do? Any, any no, we places? so we got down there. I got down there so quickly, like way, yeah. way more fast. Uh, I can't even put sentences together. I got there much quick, much more quickly than I thought I would. That's what I was trying to say. And so we kind of jumped in the car and turned around and came right back because I looked at the map. I'm like, the traffic's not terrible. Let's turn around and haul it back. So no, it was a it was a quick turnaround. But had I known trip. you were had I known you were drinking at the Buccaneer, I would have kept going to Sierra Madre and met you there for a couple of bourbons. 
I drove. Uh, I drove. We'll do that. Trust me. We'll let's just let Easter pass by here, and then we'll get back to our normal tendencies. Um, I drove down to SD yesterday too. I left like at nine thirty. Let me let me say this. It was late. It was like nine thirty at night is when I left. You know when you try to avoid traffic, but then they decide, hey, no, we're going to work on the roads at ten p.m. at night. Which, by like the way, after I, a, like after a Laker game, and you're I get done with the post game show. I get their strategy. When else are they supposed to work on the roads? You want to work on it at seven thirty in the morning, bro? When they start when they start telling people, hey, we're closing off one lane of three or two lanes of four, the overreaction from everybody driving. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yes. You see a couple construction lights. Maybe there's a police car there, too, just to make sure nobody's going by the cones. Everybody starts hallucinating as if they just closed the freeway. Guys, relax. All you got to do is just merge over. There's still two lanes. It's one of those things you get irrationally angry at because I waited all day not to. I, I waited till nine thirty to get in the car, and now there's traffic. I could have. I could have left at four. Could have sat in traffic anyway. Why are they doing this to me? When in actuality, it's like, would you prefer they do the construction at noon no, no, <laughs> and have the entire thing shut down? They're doing it at the right time, but it's the reaction of everybody. Like, just lost a lane. Like, like the freeway is ending. Like, they closed the freeway. Like, everything's stopping right there. It's just kind of comedy. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle your home, auto, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Walker Buellersley is your opening day starter for the L.A. Dodgers, and he should be. He, he's, he is the most um, effective pitcher on their roster at this point uh, as this team is put together. Clayton Kershaw is certainly the most accomplished guy, but Walker Buehler is their best guy, followed very, very closely by Julio Arias, by the way. But uh, I think Bueller's the guy. Emily asked a really interesting question when we were talking this morning. Like, what what does the Walker Bueller era look like? Because if the last great Dodger pitcher, obviously still on the team, in Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw is a multiple-time Cy Young Award winner. Clayton Kershaw won the MVP of the league. Clayton Kershaw pitched his team to the World Series three different times, won one of them, and will go down in history as one of the great pitchers to ever play uh, in, in a Dodger uniform. Bueller's not going to do that, barring, you know, I mean, if they do, great, good for him. But when you start to think about what he's already done and what you would like to see in the Walker Bueller era, he's already pitched his team to the World Series a couple yep. of times. Mm-hmm. He's already been the guy that was the backbone of a World Series championship rotation. He was the guy that was getting ready to pitch in Game 7 against the Rays. And it's like, even if the Dodgers had spit the bit in Game 6, which they didn't, they ended up winning. But you got Walker Bueller. He was the guy that you set these things up. He's made the all-star team that really, other than grabbing a Cy Young, it's so important along the way, and cashing in a full-season World Series, the dude's resume is already ridiculously full. You don't have – you know, one of the things you, you watch individual athletes when they're on teams, they're on – they play for franchises, and they're really, really good at a young age. I'm not telling. I'm not saying Bueller's 22. Was he like 27 now? Something along those lines. Sound, yeah. But something like but that. for him to have already this under his belt at this 27. age, he's playing with a franchise that's competing for a World Series every single year. So think of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, and they're super young. Not all of them get an opportunity where these games are meaningful, that they're pitching deep in the playoffs, that they have an opportunity to get the ball in a key game in the postseason. Bueller, you can look at what 
you know, obviously the time he's been with the Dodgers, every year he's been with the Dodgers, they're competing for something. That at age 27, he has all that already under his resume. That's a dangerous dude because by the time you get – he's not going to see anything this season that I don't think he's already seen before. You know what I mean? So as as he's going into the 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 best stage of his career, which I think is is in front of him, there are no surprises. There no. are no, hey, I've been in that situation or I've never been in that situation before and this is nerve-wracking. I've been there, I've done it, I've pitched with some of the best whether it's Scherzer and beat him and, and beat him. And, and and he's pitched with them. Yes. So, you know, you're learning from Scherzer and you're learning from Kershaw and you're learning from some of these other greats. I, I think he's in such an unbelievable position because of what he's already accomplished at this age, and he's still got, obviously, a lot lot of juice left in him. This is how good this dude is. He pitched poorly in the postseason last year, mm-hmm. and nobody's worried about him. That's how much he's done. You know, as weird as that sounds, that usually when a young pitcher – gets into the NLCS, gets into the postseason, has a couple of weird starts towards the end of a tight pennant race, what would we be saying? What did we say about Clayton Kershaw forever and ever and ever? Hey, what's up with this guy when, when it's a really big moment? Why does he always look a little bit off, right? We, t- we said that about Kershaw for eight years. Like, yeah, yeah, he's great. We get it. But, hey, how come every time it gets right down to it, he's not quite what he needs to be? Walker Bueller had that moment last season. We all went, eh, we've already seen him cash it in so many times that he's, he's already built a resume where he could have a bad postseason, which he did last year by his standards. And we kind of just kind of check it off like, eh, you know, it, it happens. Everybody, even Mariano Rivera blew a World Series. Hey, what's the big deal? You just you keep it moving. And, and like Rivera, you didn't think, oh, you just thought, hey, look, sometimes stuff happens. And yep. that he's reached that level at 27 years old is really stupid. You <laughs> usually reach that level at 30, 35. He's 27, and it's a I got this kind of dude. Two things I'm curious about here. First off, I think it's the right thing, right? Hey, here's opening day is truly a representation in most, you know, for most teams. I know last year Kershaw had opening day, but I think – Typically, it's, hey, you're the best pitcher we have. You get you get the ball on opening day. So I, I think, obviously, passing that guard. I'm, I'm sure Julio's sitting there and saying, sounds good. Don't forget about me. Sure. One day I should be the guy. Whatever it is, right? That's good competition to have within your team. But I think the other thing I'm curious about is just how they use him this year. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. He pitched more innings than he's ever pitched in his career, and it wasn't even close last season. And maybe some of the struggles that he had in the postseason is because his arm wasn't fresh. So I, I'm curious how they use him this upcoming season and how fresh he is for the postseason. I think you're seeing a change into the guard in all of baseball. I, I don't. I think you're, you're 100% right, but I think it's not just the Dodgers deciding, hey, listen, do I really need him to mow guys down in April, May, and June? Mm-hmm. Eh. I need him to mow guys down in September and October. Does so he if need I, to it, pitch a complete game in June? Right. Or, or June 16th. Let's let's kind of mix this up. Let's have a couple of three and four. And, and the, the the tricky part is, and and the metrics need to catch up to the reality of it all. Guys get paid on strikeouts. Guys get paid on wins. Guys get paid on ERA. They get paid on these some stats that, you know, you need to pitch a little bit to have them kind of accrue along the way. But there's no question that Walker Bueller, when he when it's time for him to get paid, he's going to get the max, right? Whatever whatever the top pitchers get, he's going to get that. So let's have a couple of short ones in there. Let's let's have a day where, you know what, it's your turn. Let's push it back a couple of times. It's your turn. Let's skip a turn. Let's get just this new idea of I need you 
to be entering the, the meat of the season in September and October, not entering the meat in the season in July and August when those games are just – we're just running through them because you have to run through them. They need to be fresh at the end. You're exactly right. I, I think there is – I think this is happening more and more in sports too where before you were – you know, kind of credited more of, hey, you're the Iron Man. You right. never miss a start. Or you never miss, uh, a, uh, let me use NBA's. you always play 82 games, whatever the case is, right? NFL, hey, this guy's played every game for the last couple of seasons. The strategy has changed. I mean, in the NBA, um, I, I, there are a lot of times where you see stars don't play a game. They don't even travel to Denver because they, they go got home. a back-to-back. They go yeah, home. Like right. That's not uncommon. And, Trav, they're not doing that because they want to lose a game. They're doing it because it's more important to have these guys fresh in the postseason. And like you just mentioned, maybe baseball is going to do more of that too. All right, Factor Cap is coming up next. You're going to settle in and watch something sleep just to see how stupid it is. That's next. Travis that is Lee, correct. That is 710 fact. ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, guys. And uh, I don't know why I needed it, but that uh, Matilda reference in Ask Slee was exactly what I needed today. I love the Matilda <laughs> the version uh, with Danny DeVito, and it just makes my heart happy. I, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that the uh, caller could be of service to you. <laughs> yeah, That's I great. tweeted out a, a Rugrats reference yesterday, too, and I got some heat for that. But those are the two things that connect to my heart. All right, so up first, uh, this happened to me yesterday. I went to the grocery store after I went and worked out. I, I swam a little bit, and then I went to the grocery store, but I was hungry, and so I stopped at Del, Ta- Del Taco on the way home from the grocery store. Um, so buying fast food on the way home from the grocery store is acceptable. Travis, factor cap. Uh, uh, fact, I guess. It's acceptable. Uh, I, it's not something that I do. I mean, I have a trunk full of groceries at that point. I got fresh That's food. That's the issue. I mean, yeah, I, I want to go eat my fresh food. I don't want to stop by and get a, a salty, salty, greasy bomb at that point. I, I, I don't mean to not answer your question, but I have, you were not feeling well, and you hit that with Del Taco. That's aggressive. So I was feeling better. <laughs> I went and go. I went swimming, and I felt really hungry. And then there's Del Taco right next to my Sprouts, and so I was like, If I've you're never not been. feeling good, go to Del Taco. <laughs> I yeah, that's the that's the part that stopped me in my tracks. Like sprouts make sense, get a, you know maybe some some whole grain bread, a little bit of butter, just toast it, kind of ease in. Maybe a little white rice just to see if your stomach can tolerate it. the not the uh, the the combo burrito is a. Chad, here's a question: play. You're going in a pool. Yeah. Do you want to walk down the steps, or do you want to just jump into the deep oh, end? I'm, Emily I'm jumped into- off the deep end. <laughs> yeah, well, that's she went true. right that's in. How I know I, I was totally fine. I could eat my Del Taco and be I, and be totally good. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Uh, no, I'm, if I go grocery shopping, I like to go home and make a little something with the fresh food. That's my. All favorite. right, so I know what you're talking about. When you're hung, the worst thing you do is go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Everything looks good. Speaking you're yourself. buying more stuff than you possibly need. 
you want to eat everything that's there. So by the time I get home, it's a matter of like I'm mixing every food you could think of. Okay, I don't care if this is a dessert. I don't care if it's savory. I don't care if it's sweet. It, nothing matters. It's just a complete uh, – it's a, it's a mess. But I will not stop. If I'm going out of my way to go to the grocery store, I won't stop at a fast food or I won't get something uh, on the way home. I almost feel like that's on its own, right? Like I kind of separate the two. I separate the I have not merged the two together, so I'm a cap on that one. I just feel like if I'm hungry enough, it's like I need like French fries, just a little time you over because every night apple. I but From Sprouts, no, you were gross. just there. You're no. Gross. But- What's wrong? Who doesn't like an apple or a banana or Apple's an orange? You're disgusting, Trav. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. Doing most of the stuff that I would get at the grocery store takes more time. Graham to, crackers. To make. Just so I, I, I need something to eat right then. I don't know if you guys have ever been so hungry after you've gone swimming. You need something in your in mouth right then. But anyway. Well, that's a problem. By the way, that's a problem with Costco. Costco, that's a problem because you go get what you need. And then you just look. I'm like, I get a hot dog right here for a buck fifty. Exactly. It's ready to go, and I have to do anything drink. else. Don't a you slice dare. of pizza? And... I call Don't that you fast dare food. Forget the drink. I got a question for you, Slee. You have a little stomach bug. You're not feeling well. A couple of yeah. days. You, you, not, nothing sounds good. Nothing tastes good. Mm-hmm. Do you have like that kind of that re-entry meal that you go to after a stomach thing? Like your your go-to? Do you have that? I'm telling you, it's a process. So if I haven't gone to the gym in a while, I'm not maxing out immediately. <laughs> I'm not sprinting right out the gate. So respect to Emily for saying, "No, no, I'm good." You know, if you're going to if you're going to come into this game, you start playing full court right away. Don't shoot around. Why are you shooting around? Dude, Get I'm out there and start sprinting. Stretching. <laughs> Who stretches these days? Emily went right in and said, "Let's play full court." I'm going a little sleeve of Ritz, just a couple of Ritz, maybe some saltines. I'm going to dip my toe back in very, very slowly. I think I'm my stretching first real for meal, 45 minutes. <laughs> it was my first real meal. I had a, a bagel with uh, cream cheese earlier in the day. So I, uh, that had eased me in. I was better. Maybe so, a dry bagel? I don't, I don't know. We, we're, we're looking at this very differently. Um, okay, so next, you would judge someone for how yes. they like, <laughs> for how they like their fat. steak cooked. Alan, Patrick Cap. Uh, no, I would not. Uh, but I know for many other people... This is a very passionate topic of theirs. So I'm not one to judge how you let, – let me give you a perfect example here. Growing up, and this is still this way in, uh, you know, my, my parents back in the day. A lot of – it's more old school. They cooked the hell out of the meat. And the idea was you, you want to kill all the bacteria. You wanted this. Like that's, that's how my parents' like mentality was. So I have slowly eased myself – a medium to a medium well is my is where I'm sitting today. And I know Travis is going to say he basically wants his steak completely rare. No, he wants sashimi chicken. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds terrible. I think what, that's you had a, a phrase, real thing. Al. You had a yeah. phrase. It was, it was very early on in the nighttime edition of Travis Lee. That you, I forget what it was. Medium it was, plus. Medium plus. That's what yeah, it was. I never, that, that's what it is. Um, to me, it depends on what type of cut we're getting. And where we're getting it from. I don't want to go and, like, throw shade in any particular chain. But let's say you're going to a lower-level chain steak place. Yep. Okay? If you want to cook that thing till the time till it turns into a hockey puck, be my guest because it's not very good the to The quality of the meat is, right. yeah. Okay. If you go to Fleming's or you go to Ruth Mastro's, the Palm, Boa Mastro's, Steakhouse. Right. Yeah, and you cook it to, you know, 10,000 degrees, you're ruining the meat. 
Right? So at that point, I am going to judge you. That If you go beyond, like, medium, and really if we should probably be in the medium rare category going into this at a nice place, but if you're just going out to Albertsons, you get a couple steaks and throw them on the grill, you can turn them into hockey pucks. I don't care. But if you're getting a really expensive cut of steak, you got to treat it with a little TLC. Well so done, Wagyu. Let, let, me tell, let me tell a funny story. Because exactly. I went to a steakhouse a couple weeks ago. And I think a lot of times you go to a steakhouse, the waiter kind of is a certain way. When you say, if I say, oh yeah, um, can I get it uh, medium medium plus, plus or whatever <laughs> the case is, right? Medium well, whatever, however you want to, however you want to put it. There's a definitely a uh, yeah, you're jacking up the meat, buddy. The last guy that I went to, and I actually got it medium because he recommended. He's like, look, medium is perfect. Like if you don't want it too well done, medium's actually. Or if you don't want it too rare, mm-hmm. medium is the way we cook it here, where you're going to be good. I'm like, awesome. But he also kind of invited the whole. It's your meat. You're paying for it. <laughs> I could give my recommendation, but at the end of the day, you're paying for either a cut that's going to taste better or it's going <laughs> to taste worse. Exactly. It, it, it all depends on the price point. Emily, what's next? So uh, yesterday I saw a trailer, another trailer for this new movie called Ambulance, which looks terrible. It has Jake Gyllenhaal in it. It has someone oh, else in it. It has it's also the L.A. and Ambulance is right. highlighted because it's Ambulance because it's set in L.A. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it was set in L.A. Maybe it's um, in Louisiana. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ever think of but, that? It's so bad, it makes me intrigued to go see it. So you would see a movie based. Uh, you would see a movie to see how dumb it could be. Taylor's Inspector Cap. Fact, yeah, I've been I've been dragged along to a few terrible movies and just gone for the you know shock factor, the Fast and the Furious, the what was it, Hobbs and Shaw? I went to, <laughs> just awful. Travis. Uh, no, I, 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 I again, th- this this kind of comes down to economics and time, right? That movies now are really expensive. Like you're if you're especially if you're going to one of the cool places that's got a drink and some food and a reclining chair, like you're in for a, a decent amount of money. I don't want to go see something. Like, let's see how terrible this is. I'd rather go see something that I'm interested in. And plus, I don't go to the movies all that often. So if I'm going to go, I want to see something that. I could potentially like as opposed to this is the biggest piece of junk I've ever seen in my life. Isn't this great? That's not my jam. But it has a ton of car crashes. You need to see it in the theater. It's all eh. car crashes, all ambulances. You Jake Gyllenhaal be the worst. <laughs> Come on. Just tell me a little bit. So I, I think the question for me is I, if I know the movie's bad, I'm not interested, I'm not going to go watch it. The bigger question is if I go watch a movie – and it's bad and it's cheesy and I think it's dumb. Will I continue watching it because it's those you know same reasons that you listed? I think I'm more apt to stay in a bad movie than I am to go see a movie that I feel like I don't have interest in or that I think is going to be dumb. You ever you, you ever watching something you're like why the hell am I watching this? You, you, no, but that then you keep watching it. That yeah you find well so do you have this one? You get to there's like a drop dead point. If I watch let's say it's an hour long TV show okay, and you watch the first portion of it 10 minutes of it and you look at it you're like eh, i don't this kind of sucks i'm out but if you really you look at your phone like i'm half now nah, i gotta see how this stupid thing ends like that 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 does happen when you get close to the end I'm, I'm sticking here's the difference the difference is now that we got our phones in front of us we could distract ourselves right. like if i don't have my phone and i'm only committed oh, I'm to watching what's in front of me 
then I'll probably be less apt to watch it. If I can just go 100%. check on 54 different other things that have nothing to do with the movie, I'm more apt to watch it. If I got thing. a good game of solitaire cooking on this thing, then I don't need to really pay that close You're on attention a heater. to SVU. <laughs> exactly I, right. I think there's the difference between a movie that thinks it's a good movie and ends up being bad, or a movie that's kind of ah. self-aware and is like just about car Sharknado. chases. Yeah, Sharknado. Things like that that I'm interested in, like the Sharknados of the world, because you can like la- watch it be ridiculous. Knowing yet, you know, it's ha- ridiculous. Be yeah. under the influence a little bit and have a great time. First of all, I'm not going to allow a Steve Sanders classic like Sharknado to be disparaged like that. It, uh, Ian Ziering is one of it's America's good, finest talents. When is their anniversary? <laughs> what, 90210? No, Darknado. Yeah, they, I think they got another one coming. I think they make one every six weeks. They just keep yeah, rolling it out. Four or five. <laughs> Mark Cuban was in one. <laughs> yeah, Cuban was in it. And look, anything with Ian Ziering, I'm all in. All right, last one, guys. You are a person that would let someone cut you in line. And this line is like a physical line you are standing in to go get something. You would let someone cut you in line. Alan, is this factor cap? So it's cap. I had a situation like this. It's cat, but I somebody cut me in line. Remember, I, I told you I went to that Malibu seafood. Yeah. Okay, this was a couple of weeks ago. It was such a confusing moment. Like I, I couldn't understand that it was actually happening. I'm like, I was standing in line, and there was a little bit of space between me and the person in front of me because I was had my back turned. There was a menu that I was looking at on like a you know it has it on a wall or whatever, and I turn back around and some dude just kind of like casually walks in. But it was so casual that I just thought he was with the people in front of. Like, I was like, oh, okay, well, he must be with them. Because what jackass in 2022 is still cutting people in line who's 30 years old? So I just kind of, I was like, okay, well, he must be with them. And then I, now I'm analyzing the whole thing. I'm like, well, they're not turning around and talking to him. A couple minutes have gone by. Like, I felt like I went past the window of telling the guy, hey, the line is around the corner. <laughs> So apparently, I think I just let the guy just in, and then oh. he wasn't with them. And I, 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 I felt like I, I waited too long to react or to do something. He got his food before I did. <laughs> well, that you bring up a key point. Like, if you didn't notice for a few minutes, then it's hard to say, hey, uh, are, hey you, man, like, are you sure you're in the right spot? Like, I, I, don't, I think you may have jumped the line. Um, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. In that situation, I might not have said something either. But if I see somebody jump in front of me, even if it's not directly in front of me, a couple of spaces, I'm saying something. Yeah, that's annoying. As hell. Yeah, no, that no, that, that is a, hey, excuse me. Um, yep. We've all been waiting in line. The back's back there. Yep. That, it's, it's, and, and not super aggressive, but also not super friendly either. Right, it's, like it's, what are you, you doing? Gotta, you got to thread that needle. It's, it's, it's excuse me, um, we've all been waiting. The back of the line's back there. Like that's the tone. It's not, hey, I'm really sorry, but um, – We've been waiting. I'm with you. I need you. you. You need to let him know you're not letting it go. They need like, to shame. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Everything you just said is right. Yeah. And he came right in front of me, and I didn't do anything. I was well, so confused. I'm like, this is not. He alphaed you. The guy is not. But it wasn't even. I was, I was, a, I was confused. He was playing chess. I was playing checkers. <laughs> so not unlike that. I, I was in line. In the, this was pandemic. So you're waiting in your car, right? And there was a line of cars queued up to go through this thing and somebody came to the front of the line and i rolled down my window and yelled out i said hey we've we've been waiting you need to get to the back 
And 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 he and he rolls down his and goes, I know, I know, to turn the wrong way. I'm like, and I looked at him. I said, not a chance. I said, everybody here is pointed the other direction. You need to go to the back. And then he rolled his window back up and went to the back. Like they they there there are guys that are going to try to go to the front, and they think yeah. if they just pretend that that they're supposed to be there, nobody's going to say anything. But you got to say something along the way. All right, um, interesting piece on uh, Andrew Friedman today. He's coming into his uh, nearly a decade with the Dodgers, and this is kind of where sometimes it can get a little stale. And he was asked, how long are you going to be here? And got me to thinking about something with the Dodgers, Lee, as far as who is the most important person in that entire organization. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Depends on what sort of taco mood I'm in. Do you go with this taco guy, that taco guy? Do you a cater Del Taco it in? move? You're not, uh, no, Del yeah, Taco's you're not, not getting... the catering move. That's not, I, I'm team Del Taco, but not going to do that. That's, you're not getting uh, Mexican food for a little bit. I'm good. I scratched the itch. I, 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 uh, I'm I okay for, eh, give it a week, and then I'll probably I'll be Wasn't back in the scratch the itch. You you had it four days in a row. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, look, we, we've talked about this, right? The, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, tacos would be – Certainly in consideration because there's a lot of different ways to do but three three days was more than enough. Speaking of, you got plans this weekend, Al? I know you got a you had a day off yesterday, day off today, no Laker game tomorrow. What do you got cooking? So in San Diego right now, um <clears throat> getting together with some family later tonight. So I have some dinner with them. Nice. Uh tomorrow out to be or honest uh, with at you? somebody's home. Uh, at my parents' house. We'll have, okay. we'll have some family come over here. Nice. Um, tomorrow, I'm actually just going to kind of kick back, chill, watch some of these college games. Sunday, I got a, a cousin of mine who's got an engagement party, so be uh, be doing a little bit of that. I'll be the only one that's not drinking. <laughs> I, I'm very excited to see you kind of watch the NCAA games because I'm picturing kind of an Ace Rothstein vibe from Casino where you've got, like, the entire thing laid out. You're very focused on what's going on. That As the leader of the ESPN 710 uh, college basketball pool, I would imagine that you're extremely invested in what's coming up tonight and then tomorrow and Sunday, of course, Final Four do, games. Do you ever get um, – do you ever get – stressed about something that literally means nothing yes that will be me for these upcoming games i'll be stressed about nothing i didn't i wouldn't get so take me through this you help me with this Mm -hmm. i get very nervous and and uh emotional when i watch my kids compete at things it's not going to affect their lives at all. I mean, it's not like it's going to determine the rest of their future. It doesn't affect They're your me. kids, and, sure, sure. But it, I, th- I care about it deeply. Like a, a game that doesn't involve a family member, not so much. Is that normal? Because, I like, for instance, as much as I care about the Dodgers, I don't get nervous when they play. I just want them to win. I don't feel it in my guts. You don't get you don't get nervous? You don't no, get, I, get, I, I, felt, I, get, I felt like in the postseason you were nervous. I, I get worried in the sense that I'm, I'm afraid of what could happen. But I don't – like, for instance, when I watch my one of my children compete in an event, I get sick to my stomach because I don't want them mm-hmm. to fail. I don't want them to feel bad about the – even though that's totally normal. That's the way that sports sure, you lose sure, sometimes. Sure. But, like, I'm not queasy when Walker Bueller pitches. But if one of my kids does, I feel sick to my stomach. Okay, let me, let me ask you this, son. You're in a – it's a big playoff game for the Dodgers. Okay, but let, let's go back to the, let's go back when the Dodgers were losing in some of those playoff series where uh, Kershaw's given up huge home runs against the Nationals. You're up, what were they up three one? 
you don't you don't feel something in your stomach in those situations that there's just this like gut wrench of my squad just lost how they lost. Of course, not, never going to compare to your your kids. Yeah. But I'm saying because because I still get that in sports. I get angry. I get upset more than nervous. You know, like the mm-hmm. the Kershaw one's a good example. But when Rendon scraped it over the wall, it was like, damn, it happened again. Why can't mm-hmm. this guy get anybody out? And then before I'd even finished that thought, uh, Juan Soto knocked over the scoreboard in right field. So I didn't even have a chance to really kind of go through the emotion on that one. And by that point, it's like, yeah, you got to be kidding me. It was more frustration and anger than anxiety. I, I don't know. I think that the, the kid thing is a little different. But uh, you, you, should, you well, should be well, very you, invested in the NCAAs. You said something. You know, I, I think last week when I was watching, okay, here's San Diego State University. That's different. That's a little different. They're they're in the middle of a game. They're up nine against Creighton or whatever they were up, right? There was at the – by the time it was done, it was much more – you were pissed off right. of how they lost and why they lost rather than this feeling. But then the, there's a feeling that I think that comes afterwards. Like you kind of like, well, I don't want to – yeah, I, I – I guess the feeling comes after you lose. You're more upset while the process is going on. Okay, a little quick one before we get to uh, Andrew Friedman here. It's from Big E on Twitter, and he says, Do bald cooks need to wear hairnets at work? Hashtag ask Slee. <laughs> I don't – they don't need a hairnet, but maybe a headband. For the you know? sweat? Yeah, just uh, – last thing you want is something – some sweat dripping off there, working in the kitchen. It's 100 degrees in there, things going on. I, you know, throw a headband on. Throw a hat on, a cap. That's interesting that you say that because, you know, some some restaurants have like an open kitchen, right, where you can see into the kitchen, big fires yeah. going, and guys are working. You know, working in a kitchen is tough. It's a, it's very hard, and it's very hot, and it's, it's hard work. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Like, the, the, look, we, it's all super gross when you get a plate of food and there's a hair in it. It's, it's really off-putting. And, and, it might be the worst thing. It, it's that, really, it's yeah. really, really bad. I'm not, I'm not minimizing that at all. But what I am saying is you see how hard those guys are working, and it's really hot in there, and there's sweat flying all over the place. I don't want a drop of somebody's sweat on my uh, – my Greek salad any more than I want their their hair in there, and you'll never even see it. Like we should have like oh, cap chamois, like hat. you know, like a shamwow. Everybody should be required to have a shamwow over the top of their head when they're working in the kitchen. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think that's uh, I, I think that might that <laughs> I think that might take off. <laughs> like we could have some sort of, Hold on, put that in my good idea folder. Is right. I'm going to patent that and the, the shamwow uh, chef's bonnet. We could yes. put you can you can logo them with your favorite team or your kids' names or whatever. Be a whole fashion trend. We should all wear them everywhere we go. We'll be a sweat-free society. ESPN.